Welcome back to the Metal Exchange, the first edition for 2021. Justin and Chris with you here for a special episode where we kind of recap the best of 2020. How are you, bud? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I'm doing well. How's that? How about yourself? I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm I'm really really looking sight uh looking forward to today's episode and I have been for some time just because, you know, we've been discussing music like this for decades, but we've never really gone through a list of our favorite albums of the year. I've kind of had my own list and you know, I've shared it with you, but I've never really gotten your input uh as to some of your favorite albums. So I, I think this is going to be a really, really, really interesting, uh, interesting discussion. Um, and, and just for the listeners out there, let, let me just kind of go through the methodology a little bit as to as to what we're doing. Um, we each came up with a list of, of, of albums. I have a list of 50 albums. You have a list of 25 albums, which is going to kind of be the focus here today. And then a list of, I guess we'll call them honorable mentions or, or lists uh, of albums that just didn't quite make the cut. Uh, I'll have you go through your 25 first. If it's uh, something that appears on my list, I'll just tell you where, where it is on mine. Uh, and then I'll go through my list of, of 25. And um, obviously, we'll post these for everybody so that it's uh, all in one place and, and something that people can reference uh, throughout the year when they check out some of this stuff. Um, and, and we're not going to talk about any of the new stuff we've been listening to because there is going to be a lot of new stuff that we discuss today, I'm sure. So uh, with that, uh, I guess let's just get right to it. What do you say? Sure. I, I just want, you know what, I, I just want to call an audible and just maybe ask that if you could avoid telling me where it is on your list, just because I'd like to be surprised when you go down your all right, even better. So, um, I, I won't say a word. I'll just make a note of it then. We'll, we'll do it that way. Okay, cool. Because I, I just think it would be fun to be surprised because you'll be surprised by mine. So I, I have no doubt. But that being said, if you if you get into any of the commentary or, or whatever, I'll, I'll just throw in a couple of uh, anecdotes, if you will. Okay, cool. Go for it, man. Where, what's, uh, where do we start at number 25? So I had um, U.S. band uh, Seven Spires' new album, Emerald Seas, at number 25. This came out um, Feb- February 14th uh, from Frontiers Records. Uh, this was their second full-length album, and I really, really enjoyed this. Um, the uh, The vocalist, Adrian Cohen, is... I, I think that she's definitely one of the next big things in the heavy metal world uh, going on tour with Avantasia on their most recent tour, I think being probably her most high profile gig, but um, she has such a great range. Um, she can do, you know, death growls. She can do be- like really beautiful um, kind of like ballad, uh, like, you know, quiet singing, I guess you'd say, or just like, or just a bombastic, like power, you know, powerful voice that she has. Um, this album is awesome. It has a lot of really cool symphonic elements. Um, there's a song, I believe. Um, oh God, I'm going to forget which one it Let is. Let me get it. Is it Succumb? Yeah, it's like a black metal song. I'll tell you something. It's funny you mentioned that. That song is one of my favorite songs of the entire year. Um, again, no spoilers. Uh, it, that that particular song is one of my favorite favorite songs of the entire year. I just had a feeling that would be it. It's it's a very diverse album, and I would also say it's just more mature than than the the last release, um, and comes off really well live too. I have to say, yeah that um, that song. I uh, I remember I was listening to it with um, our friend Caleb, and he was like, "This sounds like a black metal song." And I'm like, "You know what? You're right." Like she does 
the black metal style vocals. The music is like black metal style. It's really cool. It's just, and that's kind of what you're getting with this album. Like just, a, it, it kind of, it flows really well, but at the same time, there's a lot of different like types of songs. It's, it's very varied. Um, so yeah, this was my number 25. I enjoyed this album quite a bit. Nice. Keep keep going. What do you got at 24? Okay. At 24, I have Delane's Apocalypse and Chill. Uh, this album also came out in February uh, from Napalm Records. Um, this was my favorite Delane album in a while. Um, the song um, Masters of Destiny, which was released as a single in 2019, but I guess it was included in this album. So I'm going to consider it a, a, a 2020 song, probably one of my favorite songs of the year and, and one of my favorite Delane songs ever. Um, Charlotte is Charlotte Wessel's vocalist is, you know, great as always. The songwriting is awesome. Um, it, it, it's just a really excellent uh, album and, and it's probably my favorite Delane album, maybe since April rain. April Rain is one of my favorite symphonic, uh, you know, female fronted albums of all time. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Th- this one is is, is really good, um, heavy, heavier than their their other stuff. Um, if memory serves me correctly, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I something didn't grab me as much as some of the other stuff or maybe it's just because i hold april rain in such high regard i'm waiting for the sequel to that and and this wasn't quite it but certainly a good album no question about it i guess the sequel would be may flowers yeah (laughs) there you go exactly so next on the list um this one was actually kind of uh a little bit of a disappointment for me this is the sophomore effort from the band brothers of metal um the album's called Emblas Saga. It uh, came out in January, so it was one of the first albums I listened to in 2020. Um, it's it's a really solid album, but it just didn't live up to their uh, their debut album for me. Their debut album, Prophecy of Ragnarok, um, which I thought was a really really strong debut album in 2017. But it's still this is still a very good album. I enjoy it a lot. There's a lot of like you know very viking-like anthemic songs you know singing about thor and everything uh i enjoyed the album quite a bit but when it came out i was definitely expecting that it would be way further up the list come the end of the year so in that respect it's a little bit of a disappointment for me but not so disappointing that it didn't make the list at the end of the day I uh, I understand. It wasn't my favorite disc. Um, I, I didn't love the first one as, as much as you did. I think it's something I can definitely listen to. I don't know that it's something that I would necessarily gravitate towards. But um, I you know I remember talking about this album when it came out earlier this year with you, obviously off the air. And uh, you know I, I remember you liking it, but just something was missing. And and, and it was it was it was an enjoyable listen. But uh, Spoiler, it's, it's not on my list, but keep on going. I want to I want to see where this goes. Sure. Uh, at number 22, I have uh, Serenity's The Last Night album. This was also uh, from Napalm Records, and this also came out towards the beginning of the year. It came out in at the end of January. And, uh, you know, nothing new here from Serenity, just another really solid, uh, solid output from them. I really enjoyed this album. Um, I mean... You know what's to say? Uh, you know, great vocals. The model of consistency, uh, along with some other bands, I'm sure we're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, of course. You, you, you know what you when they put out a new disc, you know what you're going to get, and it's usually really good. Yeah, you know, great vocals by Georg Neuhauser. Um, I just uh, I don't know that I could like 
remember the name of any particular Serenity album or which one I like more than the other. They're just always really good. And this is no uh, no exception. So um, that was what I had at number 22. So um, moving on to number 21, I had um, Pure Maze and their album Epitaph, which I thought was very good. Um, their last album, Contingent, was really awesome. And, and I feel like they've kind of followed followed along um in, in that direction that they've been going in just they're, they're a really strong uh progressive slash power metal band um awesome vocals by uh i'll never forget his name right but terrier terje haroy um awesome stuff uh two highlights for me on the on this album there is a um there's a duet that they do with um, Unleash the Vocalist Archer, Brittany Hayes. Um, I believe the song is Transcendence. And also the final song, which is a 12-minute uh, epic, The Time Traveler, which features all three of uh, Pure Maze's vocalists through the years. And um, that would include uh, Terrier, their current vocalist, uh, Matt Barlow, and Lance King. And it's really cool to hear um all of their vocalists over the years all come together i got to see them do uh you know sing together at prog power a few years ago and uh just as cool hearing it on the album and it's just a really strong song overall yeah i um i have a lot of thoughts on this album i'm going to i'm going to kind of punt on this for a little bit i will say that it was interesting to hear all three of their vocal styles which are very very different on the same track because it seemed to flow se- uh, seamlessly at least to my ears Right. It's it's interesting to me because Lance King has such a kind of like smooth, like kind of higher range power metal vocal, whereas like, um, you know, Matt Barlow is more gruff and, and more raspy and, and Terrier is kind of like somewhere in the middle. So it's interesting to hear those three voices all all together. Totally. So uh, we move on now to uh, number 20. Now, this might come kind of as a surprise to you because this is one of my all-time favorite bands, but it, it scores a little bit lower just because it's a it's a Christmas theme album, and it's a lot of the themes on this album are very uh, very derivative, like just because it's a lot of like most of the themes of the musical themes are just pulled from classic Christmas songs, and this this album would be uh, Majestica's A Christmas Carol, which is um, a story based on. Uh, the classic Dickens uh, A Christmas Carol. Um, I mean, it's exactly what you would expect uh, lyrically and thematically from a, something about the Christmas Carol mixed with exactly what you would expect from, you know, a, a power metal band like Majestica, formerly known as Rainseed. But um, any any excuse to hear Tommy Johansson sing is good <laughs> enough for me. Um, I mean, nothing really stood out it's just a really solid fun listen but i only rank it lower because it's not something i would probably go back and listen to outside of the holidays you see it's funny for me and and this was a little bit of a down year for power metal at least in my opinion i thought that this album was fantastic and i actually would see myself listening to this all year round and even though it obviously is 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 uh, dripping in, in, in Christmas music and holiday, uh, you know, classic, uh, the holiday classic sound. I loved it. And I, and I was surprised at how much I loved it because when I heard 
that this was going to be their next album released uh, during the holiday season. I kind of rolled my eyes and I said, this is going to be an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> um, and, and I was, I was, I was blown away and maybe it's in part because my expectations were so low to be completely honest. I really like this album and I, I was surprised at how much I liked the album and uh, it ranks for me. I'll leave it at that. Right. And, and I think this again is another product of, of the uh, the pandemic giving some of these musicians some free time that they normally wouldn't have to to put something together because God knows like Tommy probably would have been busy touring with Sabaton and might not have had the time to put something like this together. So, um, you know, I guess it's it's making uh, making some good out of out of a bad situation. Totally. Totally. So uh, the next album I have on the list would be number 19. And again, this this is an album that for me was disappointing because based on who it is, the fact that it's not in the top five makes it an automatic disappointment. And that's Nightwish's Human Nature album. Um, it This is, album's gotten a lot of, a lot of mixed reviews from folks. I've heard people that outright like shun it completely. And while... While it is disappointing, I think to a certain extent for a Nightwish album, it's better than most bands are, are would be able to put together on their best day, which just goes to show you how good of a band Nightwish is. I think part of the reason that um, it, it's not super well received universally is because they decided to do a second disc of just um, instrumental tracks and you know typically they've been known to do that where they'll release a second disc where they're just you know giving you an instrumental version of all the tracks from the first disc but in this case this is all uh original material uh it's really really good stuff but you know if you told uh somebody that nightwish is coming out with a double album they were probably hoping to hear you know two discs of floor floor jansen singing and and two, you know, just two discs of symphonic power metal, not one disc of symphonic power metal and one disc of like what could easily be described as like a, as like a Hollywood soundtrack style. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that it, when, when they announced that it was going to be a two disc uh, CD, I had a different vision for what I think I thought I was getting myself into I just couldn't get into this album and I tried and I listened to it a bunch of times because I thought it was me at first. Uh, and maybe it is. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I just, something was missing on, on this album for me. And this may be a classic example of an album, or I should say a band um, kind of being a victim of their own success because of all the other amazing albums that they've put out. Um, just didn't do it for me. Just didn't do it for me. But I understand why somebody might love it. So I, I, I appreciate it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Right. I, I thought that the, uh, musically it was wonderful. Like, sure, every, I, know, I agree with that. I every with every that. song is beautiful. It's got that that kind of folk element to it. Maybe too much to its own detriment. I don't know. Um, I was okay with it. It didn't blow me out of the water by any stretch i listened to it according to my itunes 11 times throughout the year and uh it took me a while to to kind of get it um yeah at one point i think you even said to me try listening to it in a different order and you kind of played with the tracks a little bit and said if you listen to it this way it might pop for you spoiler it didn't but but i appreciate the effort because i just 
I don't know. I, I don't know. It just didn't click for me. But I, I know that we had, we we talked about this at length um, earlier this year. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what. Again, like kind of like you know, um, I said before, like this was an album where. I would have said when I found out there was going to be a new Nightwish album in 2020, I would have assumed it would have been in the top five or top 10 at the absolute worst. So, I mean, it just goes to show you that like, you know, a, there was a lot of like better things that I enjoyed and B, you know, it just wasn't the strongest Nightwish effort in my opinion. Totally. I I get that. I guess. So uh, moving on to, Number 18, here's uh, another symphonic power metal band that I think did a better job than Nightwish, and that was Damnation Angels. Um, Their album, Fiber of Our Being, um, I didn't really take to this album immediately, mostly because um, Pelike was no longer their vocalist. And I'm such a big fan of his, and I love the job that he did on their their, uh, first full-length releases or the first two, I believe it was their first two that he was on uh, bringer of light and the valiant fire, especially that debut album was just so out of this world. Um, but based on um, our uh, mutual friends, Pat and Ralph, um, they both really, um, they really recommended this uh, highly. So I decided to, to revisit it and I, I it turns out that they were definitely right. And I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, once I kind of got the, the Pelike bias out of my head, um, their new vocalist, he kind of reminds me a bit of like older advanced when Oliver Hartman was the vocalist. So it's not as smooth as Pelike, but the songwriting is still really, really good. Um, this was, I just thought this was really just a, a, a fantastic uh, follow up and you know I, I I'll admit I was a little quick to to judge um, I, I ended up really enjoying this one yeah I I completely agree with you the, the singer's name is Ignacio Rodriguez and I don't think that he shines particularly on the album although I think he's a very good vocalist I just thought that they matured as songwriters I, I, and I thought that the songs themselves were phenomenal and it was kind of a return to form I wasn't I guess I'll say I wasn't particularly thrilled by the Valiant Fire, although I thought the debut Bringer of Light was fantastic, just my opinion. But I thought that this was a real return to form, and I really was into this album. I was it, it was one of the bigger surprises for me because I kind of wrote them off after after the after the last album, which was five years ago at this point. Job well done by Damnation Angels for sure. Yep, absolutely agree. Um, next at number seventeen, I have uh, Victorious, uh, a band from Germany, with their latest album, Space Ninjas from Hell, and um, the lyrics are as ridiculous as you might expect from an album called Space Ninjas from Hell. But man, is this fun! This is a this is a, another album that came out early in the year in January, and um, it's just it's just power metal at, at its most fun. Like it's just. It's goofy. The lyrics are goofy, but it's super catchy. Every song. I mean, we're talking about songs like Shark and Showdown and Wasabi War Machine, um, Astral Assassin Shark Attack. <laughs> I mean, these are cosmic- as ridiculous as it sounds, but it's the, the, the songwriting was so clean that the even though you're laughing as you listen to the lyrics, it, it kind of reminded me of like a... Uh, a steel panther goes power metal type of thing obviously without the sexual innuendo but just the ridiculousness of it all um but the songs were so catchy that after i listened to it i listened to it again and again and the songs just got stuck in my head i loved it 
Yeah, I remember you recommending this to me early in the year and saying like, I think you're gonna really gonna like this, and you were right on. It was it was very very enjoyable. Um, I think you might have expected me to have it further up the list. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't number one, to be honest with you, just knowing knowing your taste. But uh, I'm I'm glad it made the top twenty five. Yeah, for sure, I enjoyed it a lot. So. Move on to a little bit of a different uh, type of sound. At uh, number 16, I had uh, Italy's Temperance, uh, their Viridian album. Uh, Man, I I listened to this again this morning, and this is just a really, really good, just just a great melodic album. Um, This is a band that has uh, two vocalists, one male, one female. They're both fantastic singers. Um, Every song is super catchy. They have um, a little bit of kind of like a, a synthy keyboard sound on, on some of the tracks. I, I, I think, I think Ralph had also um, been telling, uh, was telling us about this band and recommending them highly. And, and, and they deserve that recommendation. This album was really good. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. So did I, it's funny. I have this ongoing debate with uh, Frank friend of the show he loved the first couple of Temperance albums, um, but for whatever reason, he just was not a fan of of the female vocalist on this album and the last one of Jupiter and Moons. Why? I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it's one of those things where if you hear a band a certain way and then all of a sudden you hear different vocals on top of the music, it just takes away for you. But I thought that, uh, and I'm going to butcher the name, but I thought Michelle Guattioli's uh, sound on this in addition to a keyboard playing was just fantastic. And, and it's just a catchy album. The songs stick with you uh, and it's something that you play through from beginning to end. And it was a really enjoyable listen. I I have to agree with you. Yeah, that's uh, and it was a nice surprise for me because I did, they're just a band that I didn't listen to very much before this year or before 2020. So a very pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed it. Um, so next up at number 15 is an album that I initially didn't even think was going to make the list. And I found every time I listened to it, it crept up a little higher and a little higher. And it was the last album I listened to that came out this year. And that's Royal Hunt's Dystopia. Um, I, for whatever reason, the first time I listened to it, maybe I was kind of just in a rush to get this list finalized because the album came out on December 18th. But um it didn't click for me right away, but I kept listening to it and I kept listening to it. And I swear every time I listened to it, it got better and better. Um, they, um, they did a, um, a storyline on this and in the storyline, um, they decided to bring in a whole bunch of, uh, guest vocalists, some of which were former Royal Hunt vocalists, uh, including, Original Royal Hunt vocalist Henrik Brockman, uh, former Royal Hunt vocalist Mark Bowles, as well as uh, Candle Mass Candle Mass vocalist Matt Levin, who's also done work with Darion and Ingve Malmsteen, and of course their you know long-standing current vocalist DC Cooper. And hearing all these voices together is just magical. And Andre Anderson's songwriting is as good as it's ever been. Um, this might be my favorite Royal Hunt album since. DC Cooper's rejoined the band. Um, I don't know. The production wasn't quite hitting my ear right when I first started listening to it. And for whatever reason, I don't know why it just kind of that part kind of fell out of my head. The more I listened to it, Um, don't ask me why I get the impression that there's going to be a follow-up because the last track is kind of like an, it's actually called intermission two. So I'm wondering if there's going to be 
a second act that goes along with this album. But um, just uh, if you like Royal Hunt, there's no, you can't go wrong. This album was a, a surprise for me. I was expecting... I'll just say one thing about this. I thought that The Eye of Oblivion might be their best song in 15 years. That's how good I thought that that particular song was. I loved it. Uh, album, album I agree with you, suffered from a little bit of production woes. I can't really pinpoint it. Um, it definitely got better with each listen, but that particular uh, track was a standout track for me, and I'd just be remiss if I didn't mention The Eye of Oblivion. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it was right right away, but uh, it definitely reeled me back in. I, I'm glad that I stuck with it. I think I ended up listening to it four or five times. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just quickly trying to look up what the, I think. I believe that the, the storyline was based on a book and I'm not able to pull up exactly what book it's based on. But um. It, it, I'm, I'd be honest with you, like I listen to a lot of this music while I'm working. So I, I unfortunately don't get to pay as much attention to, to lyrics and, and themes um, as much as I'd like. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just sonically, this was super enjoyable for me. And, and it's nice to see that uh, a band that's been around for as long as Royal Hunt is still coming out with really quality material. I, I don't disagree with any of that. So um, then uh, we move on to number 14. This is a, an album that I didn't love either right away. And the more I listened to it again, it kept growing on me and growing on me and growing on me. And uh, that is the German band Beyond the Black's Horizons album. This is a, uh, a symphonic metal band that um, I have really, really liked since their first release. And um, they've been very consistent to me just album after album um, coming out with just really strong melodic symphonic metal uh, vocalist Jennifer Haven has just a beautiful voice um, this is a, a really strong band I feel like they've kind of kind of gone the same route as within temptations gone in the last few years where they're they're kind of leaning a little bit more poppy but it, it works for them um there was a uh just a lot of there was a good a bunch of good singles from this album uh misery human golden pariahs um it's just a really i just it's just a really enjoyable album it does have a little bit of that kind of pop tinge to it but uh it's still really good they're 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 a really accessible band and i think that the reason this didn't rank higher for me uh, and, and I'll discuss this in a little more depth later on, but I thought it was just such a good year for symphonic metal and for like female fronted bands. And I hate to use that term, but it's just one descriptive way of, 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 of doing it. Uh, this was really just a victim. I think of other bands had such good releases in this genre that it just didn't do it as much for me. Plus I just love all their old stuff so much that um, I recognize that it was a good album. It just didn't, it just, I thought there was better stuff this year. Um, but that being said, they're a band that I have to see live. I'm dying to see them uh, do a full set in the States, uh, hopefully, uh, sometime soon. I, I, I think that they could really, really benefit from a U.S. tour opening for a Delane or a Nightwish uh, or Within Temptation. I think that they have the capacity to blow up just because of uh, the song style that they that they have been kind of married to uh, recently. Yep. And not to uh, – I just also wanted to mention that um... – Amaranth Elise uh, does uh, some guest vocals as well on um, on Wounded Healer, um, and so you know, 
Elise is becoming like the female version of Fabio Leone, where um, if somebody asks her to do guest, she's like all about it. I'm going to do guest spot. Um, and it's always nice to hear her. So um, just thought I would throw that out there. Um, my number 13 album comes from a band that I just became aware of in 2020. And that is the Japanese band Love Bites. Um, this is an all-female band and their album electric pentagram completely blew me away um at first you know you look at it and it's kind of like all right um they put a bunch of pretty japanese girls on the stage and whatever it's all about the visuals well i listen to this album and these girls are super or I should say these women are super talented. Uh, the guitar work, I will say the song A Frozen Serenade has uh, my favorite guitar solo of 2020 on it. Um, it's super melodic. Uh, if you like Galnarius, this is kind of like the female version of Galnarius. Um, I think that's the perfect comparison. Yeah. And, and I think I even mentioned that to you uh, some time ago or a couple of weeks ago at the, at the latest. When I heard this band for the first time, I immediately thought of Galnarius and I said to myself, this is like the compliment to them. Yeah. And I, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jeff Taft. I don't know if he listens to the show or not, but uh, he was the one who had uh, – recommended this band to me and um i'm glad that he did because uh i i really enjoy this it's it's super it's just super uh speedy just good like good old-fashioned like power metal but you know i i i just enjoyed every song's awesome but um i I thought a frozen serenade uh really uh, stuck out for me as far as the guitar solo and the song really really blew me out of the water um Next up is, uh, I just mentioned them a little bit ago, Amaranth. Uh, I had them at number 12. Um, Don't really know if I need to say much about this since we discussed this in long form um, a couple episodes ago. But, um, you know, based on my my good review of it at the time, um, that's where it kind of landed for me. I listened to it again recently and uh, definitely my favorite Amaranth album in quite a while. Um, I thought this was really, really good. Nice. What? Uh, so now we're getting close to the top 10. What, what do you have at number 11? What's just outside of it? Uh, at number 11, I have uh, Falconer's uh, final album, sadly, uh, From a Dying Ember. Um, I This is another album I listened to earlier today. Um, and man, it just made me sad that they're not going to be a band anymore. Um, I mean, it's typical Falconer. Everything is awesome. Every song is good. It's got that kind of power metal meets folk meets uh, like Broadway. The vocals of, of um, <clears throat> excuse me, Matthias Blad are, as always, just fantastic. Um, I would probably put Rejoice the Adorned as my top ballad of the year. Um, it's just, you know, it's just exactly what you we've come to expect from Falconer. Um, and it's really a, a perfect swan song for the band who, who's decided to kind of hang it up and go their separate ways and do their own things. But um, I thought this was a really, really strong album. Yeah, it, it, it was a solid album and, and, and it doesn't make my top 25. It was in there for a while. Uh, it kind of got passed over by some other things, but I, I definitely enjoyed this disc more than I thought I was to be completely honest with you. Uh, and, and I think that it's one of those things that uh, 
you know, it's, it, I'm sad to see them go, but to the extent that they have to go, this is a good way to go out, if that makes sense. R- very good disc. And uh, one of the most unique bands that I think uh, I, I've been following over the years, just because of obviously the, the unique vocal style and the kind of the folky power metal thing that they do. It's, it's, it's well done. And uh, I'm glad we got one more album from them. Yeah. I mean, they could have phoned it in here and they didn't. And, and I think that's commendable. Um, I, I recommend it highly. So um, with that, I want to move into my top 10. Uh, at number 10, it's funny that I had mentioned earlier that um, I've never been much, you know, I'm not much of a lyrics guy, but there's an album that totally hit me with its lyrics and it's Arion's Transitus album. And I think if you just listen to it, for, for what it is musically, you'd say, okay, it's an Arion album. It's very good. But I thought the story was so fascinating that I actually went and bought the vinyl record just so I could get a copy of the comic book that uh, Arian put together um, to go along with the story. And the story is just really cool. It's, uh, it's about, uh, I mean, they don't go so far as to say like, slave owners but it's basically a story about you know somebody that owns a a plantation and he you know he falls in love with one of the the help quote unquote and um you know she's african-american and he's white it's very similar to what you know you would expect from a story during you know slavery and they're in love and you know the brother and the father you know accusing him of dragging the family name through the mud and it goes into this whole like uh murder story and uh as always Aaron is put together like just this laundry list yeah, yeah of fan- fantastic vocalists but in all honesty to me the the, the all-stars on this are uh cammy gilbert who is uh, from the band Oceans of Slumber from the U.S. They're from uh, Texas. She does such a fantastic job here uh, playing the lead female role. And somebody who I was not even aware of was a vocalist is uh, Johan James, the drummer from Threshold, does the vocals for uh, Cammy's father's character in the story. And he's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned him. Uh, both of them, really. I- I'll say a couple of things. I had no idea that he sang, and he's got a gorgeous voice. And it almost makes you wonder why he's not in front of Threshold, just because he's so good. But then, of course, you watch him and you listen to him play drums, and you say to yourself, you know, he could be anywhere, I guess, and and, and he would uh, he would flourish. Cammy has actually gotten rave reviews uh, on this album. I subscribed to Prague Magazine, uh, and, and they had nothing but like glowing, glowing things to say about her vocals in particular on this album. Um, my, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I went into this album thinking it was going to be my album of the year. And maybe it's because of these lofty expectations that it didn't even come close for me just because I think I, when I saw like the previews and I, and I heard the single, I, I, I just thought that this was going to be the be all and end all. And, and I guess it fell a little bit short short for me and that's why i don't have it on my list but i i i i need to spend more time with it even though i listened to it a bunch when it came out uh but you talk about like a ballad of the year i i think that hopelessly slipping away is my ballad of the year that song is phenomenal uh and, and it definitely was the the shining star on this uh, on this for me i i loved it and and i i will spend more time with it or you know as we as we 
you know, delve deeper into 2021. Um, but something was missing here. And I, I can't put a finger on it because I, the, the pieces are certainly there and the songwriting is there. It's just something fell flat. And, and again, talking, you know, we talk about being a victim of their own success. Ariane is, is, is just that because every album is so darn good. Right. And so I think one of the, one of the things I heard uh, people complain about was that there was too much filler. Uh, and I think that you can say that if you're not paying attention to the storyline, but a lot of the filler is the storyline. And if you sit down with the, with the comic book that they put out with this and, and you read it as you're listening to it, you'll realize that like all of the music, all two albums worth are are vital to the, to the story. And it's a long album and typically something like this would lose me. I mean, to this day, I still have not listened to the astonishing start to finish because it was just to me, such a daunting album. Like, do I want to listen to this much dream theater in one sitting? Um, But this is like, for me that this album, I just sail right through it. Um, I just, this is just fantastic. I, I I really enjoyed this and I definitely would recommend maybe that you, you give it another listen with the comic book in front of you and, and really like delve into the story and, just uh i also want to uh mention a couple of the other vocalists uh you know tommy karavik from seventh wonder and camelot uh does another fantastic job i mean he's great everywhere uh amanda somerville also has uh, a part in this she's great i like her and everything i hear her in um d snyder from twisted sister uh does vocals as the father on one track he's a blast outstanding Um, and and Simone Simmons um, from Epica plays the Angel of Death, and she's really, really, really great um, on this album. Kind of, uh, you get to hear a little bit more personality in her voice than what you would normally get with Epica, which is kind of fun. Um, and there's a really cool music video that they filmed with her and Tommy together. Um, very, very good stuff. Um, uh, just really cool. Um, and also... Uh, Joe Satriani and Marty Friedman uh, doing some lead guitar guest uh, guests here. I mean, as always, it's just uh, an all-star team. And uh, and I also just want to throw in uh, uh, somebody I discovered recently, uh, Patty Gertie, who is a uh, hurdy-gurdy player from Germany who's finding herself on a lot of metal releases. Uh, and this is not going to be the, the last one that we see her in. Um, She's super talented too. She doesn't lend any vocals uh, on here, but I should mention she does have a really beautiful voice, but uh, it was cool to see her get some uh, props by being asked to be on an Arion album. Uh, to me, kind of the, uh, the, the ultimate uh, compliment as a musician. Could, could not agree more. And I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned her vocals as well. I have a feeling we'll talk about her more later. Um, a, a real bright spot in what's otherwise just a down 2020 with regard to everything else but music. Right. So, so yeah, I could probably talk about Arion for hours, but uh, I'll move on to uh, number nine. And uh, there might be a little bit of, of a bias here because I've met some of these guys and they're some of the best guys in the world. And that's uh, Australia's Vanishing Points, uh, Dead Elysium album. Um, I mean... I don't know. Maybe it's not biased. This album really kicks ass. <laughs> I, yeah, I, no. I, I let me just cut you off right there. I've never met them. This album is is fantastic, and they are just every album they do is just so melodic and so catchy and so I guess 
technical in ways that you necessarily wouldn't expect it because the songwriting is, um, it comes off as so simple, but then you kind of delve into it and it's kind of complex, you know, underneath the, the simplicity of it all. They are so good. And I just wish that they would put out more stuff because it seems like we wait five years for every album. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know that they were talking about this album when they played at Prague Power a few years back when I met them. And, and I'd say it's worth the wait. Um, Silvio, their lead vocalist, um, is just, he has such an incredible voice. It's so unique. Um, this is the kind of prog metal that I like, like this more melodic style, more in the vein of like your Royal Hunts and your Seventh Wonders. Um, I, this is just, every song is great. Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, the track Salvus. I thought that was just a really strong song, but um, I mean, the whole the whole album is just awesome. So, you know, shout outs to uh, Chris and Bushy, the, the two guitar players, as always, uh, you know, just awesome stuff from them. Silvio was great on vocals. Um, I believe uh, they had a new bass player, Gaston Shin, uh, and a new drummer, Damian Hall. I do believe the bass parts, though, were recorded by uh, Adrian, their former bass player. He he kind of left the band to to uh, just I think just because he didn't really have the uh, the time for it. But um, he's another super super nice guy. Um, so they have their new lineup going forward. I'm hoping to see them live again sometime because they were awesome. Just awesome guys, awesome musicians, awesome album. Uh, that's my number nine. Very good. Very good. What do you have at number eight? Uh, so number eight, I have to give, uh, you a big shout out for, um, letting me know about this album. I knew of the band, um, but I was not aware that they had come out with a new album. And this is uh, the Serbian band Elogia. And they came out with an album called Symmendria. And um, their vocalist is uh, Nikola Mišić. I'm sure I'm butchering it. But um, he was the last singer of Eden's Curse before they broke up. And he is just a fantastic vocalist. And I guess he's not... uh, not too worried about being upstaged because uh, he brings in Mark Bowles, Tim Ripper Owens and Fabio Leone to do guest vocals on this album. And and I'll argue those three tracks are three of the best tracks on the album. Um, If you can get a a copy of the, uh, the album with the the bonus tracks, you can hear them do a cover of uh, dream theaters, spirit carries on and Halloween's forever in one. Um, Every time I listen to this album, I just found myself tapping my foot the entire time. Um, If you had told me in 2019, Alogia from Serbia is going to be in your top 10 in 2020, I'm I'm just as shocked as you are. But uh, (laughs) I I enjoyed the hell out of this. It's so funny you mentioned that. I I remember when I first heard this album, and it was sometime, I think, in uh, late winter, early spring um, when I first heard it. And I and I sent you a message on the computer. I think I was actually working and I said, you got to hear this. This is like right up your alley. And I, and I do that from time to time, but I, I try not to do it for a thousand albums because things get lost in the shuffle um, when you do it too often. But once in a while, I, I, I kind of say, you know, I think you really need to hear this. And I had a feeling this was going to wind up ranking pretty high for you because I know the style that you like. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me, even though it probably surprises you and just about everyone else that's never heard of the band. Uh, but this was a very solid disc. I agree. Yep, uh, definitely 
definitely enjoyed it a lot. Um, so number uh, seven for me is going to be also my uh, progressive metal album of the year. And that is Scardust, a uh, band from Israel. They had a release called Strangers. Um, this is another album I, I listened to yet again earlier today. And oh, my God, <laughs> this album is just fantastic. Um, the the vocals of uh, Noah Grumman, uh, she, she's just wonderful. I mean, it's so good. Um, you know, you, you had mentioned Adrian Cowan before when you were talking about Seven Spires. Noah Grumman is like another Adrian Cowan, and that's a compliment to both of them because they're both phenomenal in that she can sing a really melodic, clean style and in the next breath be like screaming and growling like like I'm listening to an old Emperor album. I, I, it's, it's incredible, the diversity in her voice uh, and, and the fact that she does all the orchestration on this disc um, I have a lot to say about it. I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, it ranks for me. I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, um, it's funny you should say that because I comp- I totally thought of Adrian when I was listening to this album earlier today, just in the fact that like I thought Adrian's performance on um, the new Seven Spires album was one of the best of the year, and, and uh, Noah gives her a run for her money on this album. Um, it's There's like hints of dream theater there's hints of devin townsend um it's just it's like this just like symphonic progressive metal opus um it's just i I don't know how else to explain it but um you don't see a lot of symphonic progressive metal bands and this is how it's done uh the song tantibus 2 arguably my favorite song of the entire year by any band um I, I couldn't re- I couldn't recommend this one more. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I have some more thoughts, but uh, it ranks for me, and, I, and I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more later. Very good. So uh, number six for me, um, and I, I mentioned this earlier to you that I was finalizing the list earlier, and I've been looking through the list, and I'm like, where the hell is this album? Why is this not on here? And I don't know why. Uh, because it's number six, so it, it should have been on there. And thankfully, I caught it. Um, but uh, this is a debut album from the uh, Swiss band Ad Infinitum, which I've mentioned a bunch of times on, on previous uh, podcast episodes. This is their debut album, uh, Chapter One Monarchy. And this is just a symphonic metal uh, opus. Like, this is just... Um, if If you liked... Camelot in their like heyday. I mean, maybe somebody might argue that they're still in their heyday. I wouldn't, but um, this is that kind of style. But vocalist Melissa Bonnie comes in, and again, we're talking about another female vocalist who can balance between beautiful vocals and like just haunting, scary death growls. Uh, she does it seamlessly with ease, and then on top of that, you just have just fantastic songwriting, incredible orchestrations. Um, this is, this was a, just a, a wonderful surprise for me uh, this year, this new band. I hope to see them live. I mean, I hope to see anybody live at this point, but um, they're definitely a band that I hope makes their way to the U S uh, sooner than later, because I have a feeling that they're going to be a big deal. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and when you hear a debut album, that's this good. Uh, you just wonder what the future holds because you wonder if it 
you know, you, you have certain bands that release fan, phenomenal de- debut albums and, and they kind of fall off a little bit. Uh, Twilight Name comes to mind, at least in, it, for me, uh, an old power metal band from Finland uh, where the debut was just so phenomenal and everything else kind of didn't hold up as well. Uh, but, but for some reason, I feel like this is just a launching off pan, uh, point for this band because I, I think bigger and better things lie ahead. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it does make my top 10, but it's on my list for sure. Right. And should be mentioned, too, they did release at the end of the year uh, an acoustic version of this album called Chapter One Revisited. And, and also really cool just hearing um, hearing the songs kind of uh, stripped down and, and performed in an acoustic fashion. But uh, yeah, I think this band's definitely going places. I, I completely agree. So uh, moving into the top five for me, um, you're not going to see any prog bands going forward. So I'm just going <laughs> to... I know that's probably not a major surprise to you, but um, number five is also a debut album. And that is from the symphonic power metal band from the UK, Memories of Old. And they released an album called The Zeremon Game. And they had uh, been sprinkling uh, the singles out um, last in 2019, The Land of Zaya and, uh, or sorry, The Land of Exia, as it's pronounced, and Zero Shadow. And they had vocalist uh, once again making him making his way onto the list, Tommy Johansson from Majestica, and uh, and guitarist for Sabaton. They had him doing vocals, and I wasn't sure if he was just uh, you know just doing the singles or he was just a hired gun for the album. It looks to me like he's going to be you know a member of the band. I, I can't say in good faith that he'll be a full time member because I doubt that he has the time. But um, what a what a great surprise this was just really, really strong uh, songwriting, um, just great symphonic power metal. If you like Majestica, this is kind of in that same vein. Um, I really enjoyed the track across the seas. That was probably my favorite song from the album. Um, the uh, Most of the members are from uh, the UK. Uh, Tommy is from Sweden, obviously, but um, uh, just, I, I I don't know really what else to say about this. I it was on my radar in 2019, and I was waiting and I was waiting and I was waiting, and I knew the two singles, and and I was a big fan of them, and I was excited about hearing the rest. And when it finally came out, I was like, wow, this is this is great. The whole album's fantastic. Um, kind of, you know, it has a little bit of its kind of uh, you know cheesy power metal tropes with the you know the narrations and stuff but you know if that's the, if that's your jam and it certainly is mine um this album was was really fantastic start to finish for me yeah it, this was a big surprise for me too um I, I you've kind of been you know sending me the singles the signals along the singles along the way and stuff like that I, I just didn't expect it to be so good from start to finish and, and as i said it, to me it was a little bit of a down year for power metal but this was one of the better power metal releases absolutely um no questions asked and, and i look forward to hearing more from them yeah same here and you know it goes without saying for me that i would listen to tommy sing the phone book so any you know anything anytime i get to hear him sing is always you know a bonus for me so uh, great stuff here. Um, my number four album is from Sweden's Dynasty. Their album, The Dark Delight, came out uh, in 2020. And um, I really like this album. I think it's my favorite Dynasty album uh, since Renatus came out in 2014. Uh, Presence of Mind is a fantastic song. Heartless Madness is a fantastic song. The whole album just 
rocks start to finish. This is just like fantastic melodic metal. Uh, Dynasty, they're one of the best at what they do. And uh, they continue. Uh, Vocalist Nils Mullen, who also uh, does the clean vocals or clean male vocals for Amaranth. uh, He's been the longtime singer of Dynasty. He sounds fantastic as always. The songwriting is is super strong. Um, highly recommend this album. It's awesome. Yeah, this this was a return to form for them. Um, Renatus uh, was and remains like a desert island disc for me. I think every song is like a ten or a nine point five at least. It's one of my favorite albums. This is about as close as they've gotten um, since, and, and and quite frankly, before then. Uh, it's just outside of my top 25. Um, and again, I'll post the full list when, when, uh, when we're finished. Uh, it, is, it, it didn't quite make it, but it, it is right on the cusp of being there. This is a really good album, and, and, and it's something I enjoyed from start to finish. Yep, I, I, I agree completely. I mean, not, not really much else to say. Um, I mean, if you like Dynasty, like they really brought it this time around. So uh, another one I recommend highly. Um, so... Moving on to number three, uh, number three, um, it's not a traditional heavy metal album, but um, the Night Flight Orchestra's "Aromantic." Um, every song is just so good. Um, every song is just like super. Like it just takes you back to the seventies and eighties style of music. I, I still can't get over the fact that the vocalist from soil work Bjorn Strid is the singer of this band. His clean vocals are so good. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Like this is just one of those albums where every, like I wouldn't skip any song. Every song is so good. Like this, this, was- this to me was the album I've been waiting for from them. And by that, I mean, I have all their other material and every album has some really good songs on it. And then there was some filler material, in my opinion, that just didn't keep the album. In other words, I, I love certain songs and other songs I can kind of take or leave. This was their best album and their most complete album, where from start to end, like you mentioned, I enjoyed every song. And and that's why, uh, to me, it's their best album Hands down. Uh, I, I loved it. And and they're the kind of band where it's a really nice change of pace from some of the other stuff that I'll talk about. Um, I agree with you. This 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 was a really, really good disc. And, uh, you know, I, I don't even know that it can get better for them because this 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 might have been their magnum opus. Right. I, I think for me, like I've always really enjoyed the band, but I think like as far as their their full albums go, they always just felt a little bit uneven to me. And I feel like exactly. this is this is definitely their most like start to finish. Just complete disc. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I find myself going back to this, or I found myself going back to this quite a bit throughout the year, just as something that I knew was gonna I was gonna enjoy and it and was gonna put me in a good mood. And it's like it's a really good segue to my number two album because I could describe it the exact same way. And that would be Alestorm's Curse of the Crystal Coconut. Uh, I know that we definitely have varied opinions about this album. Yeah, I I, I think that. it's I, I, that's a nice way to, to put it. I think this is their best album they've ever put out. Um, they have definitely embraced the silliness. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as far as a band that sings about pirates uh, go, um, <laughs> you know, that had a song called Wenches and Mead on their first album. 
Um, it's it's just I feel like they've upped the ante on the goofiness, and it just works. Like just to me, this is some of the catchiest songs that came out in in 2020. Um, I, I forgot to mention Patty Gertie again because um, she did also do some guest Erty Gertieing on the Scardust <laughs> album that we discussed. Is that um, a verb now? It, it, we, it is now. Actually, if I look that up in uh, in Webster's, am I going to see hurdy gurdying as a as a uh, you know as a part of speech? I, I've yet to submit it, but I will be um, on behalf of, of Young Patty. Um, she also does uh, some guest vocals and hurdy gurdying on um, this album as well. Um, Zombies ate my pirate ship. Yes, that's a real song. Um, it's just fun stuff, and this is the kind of stuff that I just enjoy because. It's just, it's just fun. Um, it just starts out right away with Treasure Chest Party Quest, um, Fanny Boss, Chomp Chomp. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so re- ridiculous. It is. Uh, I'll say this. I, I enjoy some of their older albums a lot, and, and, and maybe that's why I just didn't – this wasn't my favorite release because I find myself going back to the first album and some of the older stuff – but I look forward to seeing it live. They are an incredible live band and one of the most fun shows that you will ever see. Um, so I, I have little doubt that when, we, that when we have shows again in 2021 or 2022, let's hope sooner rather than later that some of this material will make it into their set. And I look forward to hearing it. But the album as a whole just didn't do it for me. Um, not that they didn't ratchet up the, uh, the the silliness, but just because I like some of the old stuff better. Uh, but I can understand why, as a fan of the band, you you, you gravitated towards this. I, I get it. It just not it wasn't for me. Well, I, I will say there were a lot of really really good releases in 2020, but this one was the only one that I listened to that had Captain Yarface do guest vocals. And um, it's also uh, and it was also the album that provided the the long awaited, uh, you know, uh, follow up to Wooden Leg, Wooden Leg Part Two, The Woodening, um, which uh, is if you read the lyrics is maybe one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Um, I But my it's it's just I don't know how else to put it, but this is this is arguably the most fun band in existence right now. And they're just kind of going with it and it's nice to see them not take themselves too seriously for sure uh and like i said it's to me it's they're the consummate live band and something i would want to see as much as possible live because i think they're getting better with with every album in terms of just the the live performance i've seen them a couple of times now uh like i said this material uh will suit itself very well for 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 the stage when when the time comes yeah I, i think that they should go the extra the extra you know the extra mile and do like a Broadway style, like stage performance of this entire album while the band plays. Um, I just, <laughs> it's just, it's just fabulous. And it was my number one album for a long time uh, throughout the year until Unleash the Archers came along. And I, I, I had a feeling that that's where this was going. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but please do the honors. I'll I'll let you do it. This was my number one album of the year. Uh, came out in August. From the first time I listened to it, it just completely blew me out of my seat. Um, this is the Unleash the Archers album that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. Kind of the way, same way you were mentioning about Night Flight earlier. Uh, I've always been 
a fan of Unleash the Archers, but this is their easily their best album. Every song is incredible. The production is super crisp, which some of their older albums are, are not quite there as far as the, the production goes. Um, Brittany Hayes or Slays, her, she, she might be the best heavy metal vocalist in the world right now. And if you have the, the, the opportunity or the pleasure to see her live, her voice is unreal. Um, this album is just start to finish a, a power metal, a power metal dream album. Um, every song is just great. Um, it, it's, I, I'm finding myself at a loss for words, but every time I've gone back and listened to this album, it just never ceases to just blow me away. Um, just, just fantastic, fantastic stuff. And, uh, and I, I would say it, it, it handily beat out Al Storm. I, I wasn't really close for me. This was by far my number one album of 2020. Nice. I, I, I have to say, I was very pleasantly surprised. I liked some of the old material. I didn't, I won't say that I loved it, but I definitely love this album. This is a really good disc. And I'm just looking at my notes and I just have, and all I wrote was by far their best disc. That, that, that's literally all I wrote because I, I knew you were going to talk about it at some length. Every song is very good to great to, to phenomenal. And this was just, uh, this is the one that's going to put them on the map. And, and I have a feeling that they're going to stay on the map as a result of this. Um, really, really, really good disc, top to bottom. Uh, and one of the top, for me, one of the top two power metal albums of, or top two or three power metal albums of the year, for sure. Uh, phenomenal job. No questions asked. Yeah, I think that they started entering the conversation as one of the premier, you know, modern day power metal bands in 2017 when they released their Apex album. Um, but I think this album just completely, you know, solidified. Oh, this blow, this, and, and to be honest, I thought that this blew that album out of the water. Not that it wasn't good, but this album took it to a whole nother level. Yep. And and if, if, if things work out well and... Prague Power USA goes on as scheduled in September and we can get all of this, you know, uh, pandemic stuff behind us. Uh, they were just announced as a replacement for um, Beast in Black. And as much as I was looking forward to seeing Beast in Black, I mean, this is as good of a replacement as you could possibly ask for, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun to, to hear these songs live. I completely agree with you. Um it's a hell of a list, man. I, 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 uh, I'm going to go through mine momentarily. I, I just want to say a couple of things before I get into it. Um, I thought overall this was a, just a really, really good year for symphonic metal, a pretty good progressive metal year. Uh, but as I said before, just kind of a down year for power metal and, and prog rock in general, although there is a prog rock band in my top 25. Uh, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of other genres that are not totally well represented in my list but stuff that i've just been listening to more and more of and if you ask me a year from now what my top 50 is i do acknowledge that it's probably subject to change as my tastes change uh first i, I just there were a bunch of melodic death metal albums that kind of struck a chord with me uh, a couple of i mentioned before i know that i've talked about the moore's principium s album seven really really well done uh fantastic fantastic album from top to, to from top to bottom 
Dead End Finland, which was another band I had never even heard of, came out with an album called Intervivos. Great job by them. I, I, I like that album quite a bit. Uh, I have a couple of them that are in my top uh, top 25 and, and top 50. Countless Skies uh, came out with an album called Glow. This album was essentially the, the Insomnium or the Omnium Gatherum album that didn't come out this year. It's just they pick up where those two bands leave off. Uh, and, and the biggest surprise to me, Dark Tranquility, their new album, which I've also mentioned before, Moment. Excellent job and a return to form for these guys. It may even be my favorite uh, Dark Tranquility album from top to bottom. And another band uh, called Sapiency. Uh, the, the album is called For Those Who Never Rest. Really, really well done. Um, those were kind of some of the standout melodic death metal albums for me. Some black metal albums, which is really a genre that I've kind of gotten into over the last year, year and a half. It's something that I didn't grow up listening to. In fact, I think I probably had an aversion to it for the first uh, 10 or 15 years that I was listening to metal, but I've really gotten into it uh, as of late. Uh, four albums in this genre, none of which are in my top 25, but are, are definitely worth noting. Um, the first is an album called Bishop of Hexen. They came out with an album called The Death Masquerade. Excellent album, really well done. Uh, a second album by a band called Ages. The album is called The Uncrowned. Awesome. Uh, an older band called And Oceans came out with an album called Cosmic World Mother. Really well done. And another black metal classic uh, act that I had the pleasure of seeing on 70,000 Tons of Metal earlier this year. Uh, Carrick Angren came out with an album called Frankensteiner Stratomontanus. I don't know how to say it, but what I can tell you is that they put on one hell of a live show. And and much like some of the bands that you were talking about in your top 25, uh, these guys don't really take themselves too seriously. And you, you kind of think that that's uh, doesn't really go hand in hand so well with black metal, but it does. Uh, they, they're just a really fun live show. And, and the albums are kind of like, uh, as one person described it to me, horror metal. But it's 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 well done, and it's just something that I that I definitely definitely enjoyed. Um, and, and then one other genre which I hated for for a long time until I heard a band called While Heaven Wept, and it was doom metal. And and for a while they were kind of the only doom band that I was really into. But something happened this year which really put this genre on the map for me. Um, I had been given a Candlemas album about fifteen years ago. And I hated it. I could not, I, 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 I listened to it and I tried and I tried and, and, and tried as hard as I might. I couldn't get into to do metal. It was too slow, too plotting. And, and in many cases, just too derivative of old Black Sabbath for, for my taste. But I heard that their original uh, singer was coming back to the band and they came out with a new album last year and it was really, really good. And I had saw that they were announced on 70,000 tons of metal and I went to see Candlemas play and it was, it, it just blew me away. And I, it was one of those things where I kind of had an epiphany and I just got uh, this genre. And I remember sending you a track by another band, uh, which I'll, I'll get into in a second. And I think that you probably thought that I was like going through some sort of a depression just because you're like, why are you sending me a funeral doom metal track? But I loved it. And, and I'll just mention five albums that are that are that kind of were on my radar. The first was called December Noir, Renaissance of Hope. The second was called Descend into Despair, uh, came out with an album, D Despair and Opium. Uh, I should say uh, Opium. It came out earlier this year. It had three tracks, but it came in at almost an hour in length. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, the third band was called Lygeo Wept. 
uh, Funeral of Innocence, the fourth, Lightfield Reverie, Another World, and the fifth, which uh, does uh, appear uh, on my list, which is the new Sorcerer album, Lamenting of the Innocent. These guys are the absolute uh, model of consistency when it comes to doom metal. And um, I, I just, I can't get enough of these guys. I love their sound. And Anders Engberg is one of my favorite vocalists. Uh, so to hear that marriage together after all these years, they're still kicking ass and they're phenomenal live. Uh, and that was one of my favorites of the year. So that, that's just a, a long way of saying that a lot of these albums don't actually make the final list, but I'd be remiss not to discuss them. Um, so with that, let's, uh, let's get into the 20, the top 25, shall we? Yes. Uh, and, and I just wanted to mention that, um, we will both be posting our, uh, our 50 through 26. You will actually have an order for yours. I, I was not able to really put those albums into an order. I just didn't get a chance to listen to them as much as I would have liked. So, I'm just going to list in no particular order, kind of like my 26 through 50. Um, and we'll be posting those on uh, on all of our socials. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Totally, totally. Uh, I'm going to start with number 25, which is a band out of Scotland who had released uh, probably the, one of the bigger surprise prog metal albums of the year for me. Uh, they're a band called Tiberius. And the uh, name of the album is called A Peaceful Annihilation. Um a touch of gent here, but even though I'm not the biggest gent guy, uh, they never lose their melodies throughout their songs. And I was really just blown away from the first time that I, that I heard this disc, um, a new band for sure. I, I look forward to hearing more of their stuff in the future. Um, it was one of those bands where I just kind of miraculously found them on Bandcamp, And then I just bought the album immediately and I haven't stopped listening since. Uh, number 24 is another progressive metal band, but uh, of a different variety. The band is called Descend, and the album is called The Deviant. This is like progressive death metal with uh, a lot of growls in there to mix up the clean vocals. Um, this is kind of like Sweden's answer to Andorra's Persephone. Um, didn't get a lot of love, or I should say I didn't hear a lot of people talking about this disc, but I just love it. It really struck a chord with me. Um, I had never heard them before, but this album was really, really solid. Uh, number 23 is something you would have discussed. It was Ad Infinitium. Like I said, we I, I think we both agree. Um, one of the bigger surprises just in terms of a debut album, just put them on the map and I expect bigger things to come from them. I'll say this, and I think this is a good segue. From, for, for my purposes, there were really three uh, all-star 9.5 out of 10 albums that were made this year. Uh, and obviously I'll get to those in a little bit. I think three through probably about 15 or three through 13 on my list was kind of like the second tier of albums. And once you got to about 20 or 23 or 25, I, I don't know that there was much distinction between those and albums that came in at 38 or 35 on my list. I thought that you could kind of throw them into a hat and depending on your mood, they would move up and down uh, accordingly on my list. So I wouldn't put too much emphasis on the order, but more so just on the names of the, the albums that are on here, because I think that they're all very good. And it's really when you get to the top where things kind of... Uh, sort themselves out as to, to, to the three or three albums that kind of just pull themselves away from the rest of the crowd, if that makes sense. Yeah. I found myself doing very much the same. Like I don't know that my top 10 changed much, uh, but 
my 11 through 25, there was definitely a lot of uh, moving up and down. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that depending on, you know, what I listened to most recently, things moved up and down accordingly. And, and, and I'll also say that there's a bit of a recency bias uh, in this list or, or kind of an anti-recency bias. I start creating this list in January when I start hearing the new albums. And, and once you've cemented yourself, because I've obviously had more time to listen to the stuff that's been out for, you know, some months by that point newer stuff it takes a little bit uh it's a little more difficult to move up the list so if if there's a new album on here and it's and it's placed high it means i really thought highly of it i i think that that's uh that's kind of telling because some of these albums have been cemented for some time just because i've been enjoying them throughout the course of the, the course of the year uh with that we'll go to number 22 which is uh, the countless skies glow album as i mentioned melodic death metal um Solid album. Number 21 is the Sorcerer Disc, Lamenting of the Innocent, the, the number one Doom album for me this year. Number 20 is uh, a, a band who literally is just the model of consistency. Uh, every album they put out is really, really good. And I don't know that at this point they're going to ever be the album of the year for me just because they haven't really experimented over the course of the last five or six discs. But I, I thought they, they definitely deserve the place on this list and that i know i know who you're gonna say without even having to say it (laughs) what am i gonna say vandom plus yeah and and, and just because and again maybe there's a little bit of a sameness factor to 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 what they've been doing but why change the formula if it's not if it's not broken and and i guess you could say that with some of the stuff that you had mentioned like the um uh what was it the um the serenity disc and stuff like that these bands have kind of stayed true to form but the form is really good so why change it yeah, couldn't agree more. They, they were on the outside looking in. They'll be on in my top 50 for sure. I, I'm, I'm glad we agree. Um, now we get to some really interesting stuff. Number 19 is a band called Cryptex, Once Upon a Time. This is the closest thing I've ever heard to Sabotage. Uh, it, it, picture Sabotage, but with Kai Hansen singing, and that's Cryptex. Um, these guys came out of nowhere. And I, when I first heard them, I thought to myself, I was listening to Gutter Ballet with 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 Kai Hansen's Somewhere Out in Space vocals. That's really what it was. Um, part Queen, part Sabotage, but just really, really well done. And although it's definitely not my uh, favorite album on this list, I really enjoyed it. And, and I would recommend people checking it out because it's uh, very different from the rest of the stuff on my list. Um, I'm not sure if you had that much time to, to spend with it, but it's, it's, it's for a sabotage fan. It's, it's done. It's something to definitely check out. I, I grabbed it um, because um, Glenn Harveston had it so high on his list of his top albums from 2020. Right. And, and I just didn't get a chance to give it a good listen. Um, but I, I still plan on doing it. There were a few albums from his list that I wanted to, give a good listen to that I haven't gotten around to yet. And that's definitely one of them. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, coming in at number 18 was a band that I, uh, it's a band that I absolutely adore. And you talk about like wonderful debut albums. Um, this band had a debut album that came out just under 15 years ago. And it's one of my favorite albums of all time. I would, I, I, I would put this in, a basket of 10 albums that I would bring with me to a desert Island. If I ever had to listen to just 10 albums ever again. And the band is called pure reason revolution. Their album was called the dark third. And ever since that album, uh, they had come out with two or three other albums since then. And they just kind of deviated from that debut albums style. Uh, and, and while I liked some of the stuff, 
nothing compared to their debut album for me. Uh, the, the band broke up and they wound up playing a show a couple of years ago uh, at a progressive metal, uh, progressive rock festival in Europe. And this band played the dark third in its entirety and announced that they were getting back together. And I don't think that there was anybody happier than me just because of how much I, I adore, um, that first album. And what I heard was that they were putting together a new album and it was going to be in the same vein as the dark third. So obviously my ears had perked up and that album makes this list at number 18. The album is called Eupnea and I'm sure I'm butchering that, but it was the closest thing I've ever heard um, to the dark third. And that's going back 15 years at this point. Uh, it's funny. I, I, I had the pleasure of seeing this band live in front of six people in New York city. The band played at the near fest, uh, progressive rock festival in Pennsylvania, which was kind of a thing in the mid to, uh, mid to late two thousands. Um, and before they played at this festival, they played a show in New York city. There were six people there. And, and maybe that's part of the reason why they ultimately broke up because they just never got their name out there enough. But it was one of the most fascinating shows I've ever seen in my entire life, probably because there were two more people in the crowd than there were in the band. But I am so happy that they're back together and I'm dying to see them again. And if it even means I have to take a trip overseas to do it, I, I, I would not miss these guys live while they're still back in action. Uh, it, it's the one progressive rock album that made this list and i'm just so happy to hear that like classic sound again but polarizing for sure uh if you're a fan of black metal i don't know that you're necessarily going to be loving pure reason revolution but they're one of my favorites yeah i enjoyed this album too it didn't make my list but it's i definitely enjoyed it totally um number 17 we have memories of old uh thanks to you this was uh, one of your one of the ones that i knew would, was going to be high on your list i liked it a lot Number 16 is a band out of, I believe, Switzerland. The name is called Crown of Glory. This is their third album. Just really, really well done melodic metal. The album is actually ironically called Ad Infinitum. Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, that surprised me because the first two albums I thought were pretty good, but didn't blow me away. But this album is just melodic metal at its absolute finest. It's the kind of thing that you can kind of have on in the background and then you find that the songs are getting stuck in your head. Um, not sure if you had a chance to hear that, but definitely recommended. Number 15 is the Dark Tranquility album that I mentioned called Moment. Number 14 uh, is another returning band that kind of found their way back onto this uh, list just because I didn't know what to expect. But Leaves of Yesteryear by Green Carnation. I am thrilled this band is back. Um, they have some of my favorite albums by anyone uh, Light of Day, Day of Darkness, which is probably their most famous album slash song, which is phenomenal. And they also have an album called The Acoustic Verses, which is one of my favorite EPs of all time. This album kind of was a blend of both of these, at least to my ears. Leaves of Yesteryear was one of the better progressive metal albums of the, of the year. With that, we'll go to number 13, Black Fate. The album is called Ithaca. You talked about Camelot being, uh, you know, in its heyday some time ago. This is Camelot in its heyday <laughs> with, with a singer who is an absolute dead ringer for Roy Khan. Uh, I was surprised that this wasn't in your list just because I know you like that style. I didn't get to listen to it as much as I would have liked. I want to say I maybe only listened to it once and I did enjoy it, but um, I just didn't have the time to 
revisit it. So I, I totally get that. And, and I invite you to do that just because they are, they are what I want Camelot to be at this point. Just really well done. Great songs, songs that stick with you and, and, and a vocalist that just, I mean, like I said, if you close your eyes, you think, close your eyes, you're thinking of Roy Khan. That's, that's how it was for me. Uh, number 12, Black Crown Initiate, Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape. This is like progressive doom metal where uh, a really nice contrast between the clean vocals and probably some of my favorite harsh growl vocals. Um, this was just probably one of the more different albums in the top 25. Something that I hadn't heard before from a band that's been around for a little bit. Um, definitely worth checking out. Number 11 was a band that I've talked about before by the name of Defecto. The album was called Duality. Not as much, uh, I said that I didn't like the album as quite as much as their last release, but I thought it was really well done. I think they kind of went a little bit more experimental on this on this album because it's a little bit all over the place, but the songs are just so good that I had to have it up there. Um, I, 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 I had high expectations for this album and they were met. I don't know if they were exceeded, but they were, uh, they're a band that's... Um, has been around i think this was their third or fourth album I, I think that their best is yet to come and i think they still try to find their stride so to speak but I, I i enjoyed this disc a lot um and now we get to the top 10 this is really i think the top tier of albums that that came out um in 2020 at number 10 an album that was definitely on your list uh abyss by Un unleash the archers love this album from start to finish and as i said by far their best disc number nine majestica a christmas carol i i was shocked that I had this album as high as I did, but I couldn't stop playing it. And and again, they were smart to release it when they did in November, but my God, I think I listened to this album more than any other album um, between uh, the beginning of November and Christmas than I think I did anything else. I, I, I just, I love this album and I'm going to listen to it again, even in the middle of February. That's, that's how much I enjoyed it. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I, I read a funny uh, comment somebody made where they were like, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of uh, Majestica's first album, but this is this is Majestica's first album. It just has Christmas music in it. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's so funny because it's just so far off the beaten path. But uh, they did such a good job. I'm I, I'm looking forward to them releasing some, um, you know, regular power metal again. And I'm sure that that's coming down the pike. But this was a, a pleasant surprise, and and it might might even be higher if it wasn't a Christmas album because of the staying power or what have you. But uh, it was up there for me for sure. Um, number eight, we have Victorious Space Ninjas from Hell. Um, what can I say other than this was the power metal disc of the year? At, at one point, this was actually in my top three, but it got bumped by other things. But this was uh, an album that I enjoyed from the first listen, and I've just been playing it throughout the entire year. It is ridiculous. It is absurd. It is cheesy, but it is so well done that it's kind of hard not to love it. Uh, number seven, we have a, a, a first full-length album by a band called Paralidium. This actually has some of the guys from Dynasty in it. The, the album is called Worlds Beyond. And this to me is like melodic prog metal at its finest. And this would have been higher on the list if not for another album that I'll get to later on. It's just really well-produced keyboard driven prog metal with clean, clean vocals that soar over the top. It was just really, really well done. And, and, and I hope this is not the end for them, but only the beginning, because I just love that disc. Number six, an album that we both discussed uh, earlier, the new night flight orchestra, aromatic, fantastic album, start to finish. Um, number five, 
Ether Realm, Redneck Vikings from Hell. Holy shit, man. This this album, uh, I had some expectations for because uh, I had been told through the grapevine that it was really, really good. And I, and I had the pleasure of seeing them on 70,000 tons. Fantastic live show. I mean, like better than it has a right to be. That's how good these guys are. But this album, it has a little bit of everything. It's got some death metal. It's got some power metal. It's got some Southern blues rock. I mean, it's all over the place, but these guys are phenomenal. And I just think that uh, they are going to tear up the stage in Atlanta at, at Prague Power, assuming there's a festival next year, I encourage everyone to check out this album. And, and they happen to be some of the nicest guys as well. I, I'm not saying that because I have them at number five, or I should say that they're not number five because I because I, I happen to know some of these guys pretty well. But this album was the biggest surprise of the year for me, I, hands down. I, I loved it. And while I like some of their older material, this was another band who who – hit on all cylinders with redneck Vikings. Absolutely loved it. I, I recommend everyone check out their live show when they come to town. Uh, they also kind of just missed the, the main list for me. I have them in my top 50 as well. Um, super different than anything I've ever really heard, but uh, with one lesson, I was instantly looking forward to seeing them live and um, yeah, definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it was it was a nice surprise, I have to say. Uh, number four, the new enslaved album Utgard. I I had been a fan of this band in the past. I, I I was familiar with their last couple of releases, and I've kind of delved deeper into the back catalog as a result of their new one. But I thought that this was their most mature disc, where they gave you a little bit of everything. There's prog rock. There's black metal. There's progressive rock. Um, it's it's. It's a unique album, but it's really, really well done. And and I understand that there there may not be a band for necessarily everyone, but my God, I thought that they hit a home run with this disc as well. And that's why it's just outside the top three for me. Um, there's a song on this album called Homebound. Definitely a top three song of the year for me. Highly, highly recommended. And, uh, you know, they've been around forever. So for them to be releasing music that's this good, you know, 20 years or 25 years into their career is is somewhat astounding i'm surprised i'm surprised but i thoroughly enjoyed this disc uh coming in at number three is another melodic prog album which was the only reason that palladium or paralydium was further down the the list this was an italian band called thoughts factory and the the uh, the album is called elements this was my number one disc of the year for a long, long time until it got bumped by two other albums that came out a little bit more recently. Um, this this is one of the top three albums of the year and, and by a country mile. It is just melodic, the great lyrics, um, it, it, and the type of stuff where every uh, song at one point or another becomes your favorite. And I, I, I just, I, I can't speak highly enough about these guys. This is their second full length uh, disc, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I remember listening to the first one and I enjoyed it, but this was in another stratosphere as far as I was concerned. Um, highly, highly recommended uh, band that, that unfortunately is just not getting a lot of mainstream press uh, in, in any circles. Uh, it's kind of just went flew under the radar for a lot of people, but I, I, I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed this one quite a bit too, and uh, this also will appear in uh, the top fifty list. 
Yeah, and, and and for a guy who's not a prog guy, I think that you can. It was just very accessible. I didn't think it was over the top with the pretentiousness or anything like that. I just thought it was um, really well constructed from beginning to end. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, the number two disc is something that you had mentioned. I think you had actually had these guys. Um, I'll take a look. You had it at number twenty one. For me, it was uh, number two, and, and just because I thought every song was fantastic and that was Pyramaze's epitaph um i was really really surprised by this album i've i've followed this band since the beginning and i remember seeing them live with lance king it's got to be about 15 years ago and i've always been a fan of this band and i thought that when they came out with disciples of the sun in 2015 that they had just put everything together and that was kind of their magnum opus um for a long long time even though i loved the earlier stuff but this album blew it out of the water. I just thought that every single song on this album from beginning to end was, 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 was a home run. And it's stuff that I just, I, I just kept playing it and playing it. And I remember the first time that I listened to it, I was in my car and I, I guess I had low expectations because I wasn't as thrilled with the last release, but this one, man, like from the, from the second I put it on, I was like, this is, this is at another level. Uh, and I, I said to myself, I could very well be listening to the album of the year and, and, and my God, it was close. It was definitely close, but this, this album um, from top to from top to bottom was fantastic. Um, I, I, I am, I was curious to see if it was going to have the staying power for me, but I listened to it twice again this week and I still toyed with having it as the number one album of the year. That's how much I enjoyed it. So I knew that it, it, it deserved its place in the top three, just because of the staying power that it's that it's had so far, I look forward to listening to it again. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this one quite a bit too, and I think I did have it higher up. But um, there were just so many other things that I enjoyed that kind of kept pushing it, you know, further down. I guess. Um, but yeah, it's certainly deserving of all the accolades that you've just given it. Yeah, and then which which brings me to number one, and it's certainly an album that you had mentioned before that, and that's Strangers by Scardust. My God, dude, this, this, and I think that part of the reason I love this album as much as I did for, for obviously all the reasons we discussed earlier, but this was just something a little bit different. Um, a lot of the stuff on this list is, is, wasn't really reinventing the wheel for me, but the Scardust album was just so different than everything else on this list. Plus I just happened to love every single song. It, it was it was so unique and so different and the different vocal styles and they go from like you said dream theater type prog to I, I mean it's all over the place but it's just so well constructed I I I think I played this album more than any other album and I think I I wanted to come out three three months ago something like that I just fell in absolute love with this album I cannot wait to see what they have in store going forward uh, it's just it's just it's fantastic from start to finish. Um, I, I was almost surprised at how much I enjoyed it immediately because I, I, I it, it's a pretty dense album and there's a lot to kind of sink your teeth into. But this album, man, um, find me a better album and I, I would be I'd be hard pressed to, to 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 agree. It's just it was that good for me. Yeah, I agree that it was very accessible. I liked it the first time I listened to it immediately, and and when it comes to you know, more progressive type stuff. That's not typically the norm for me. Um, usually 
those kind of bands are more growers for me. This one is not a grower. This is if you if you don't like it the first time you listen to it, I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's, it, this is not going to be something that like you have to kind of spend a lot of time with, um, like some other bands. This 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 should grab you right away. So it's it's highly recommended. And just by taking a quick glance, I think this was probably the highest ranked album. Uh, just in terms of like the number averages, this and Unleash the Archers, I think were, 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 were the two highest albums ranked by both of us at the end of the day. So uh, kudos to both of them. And, and I think there you have it. That's, you know, that's 2020 in, in, in about, an, I guess, what, almost two hours worth of uh, us chatting. You know, I, I have a couple of albums that came to me that uh, are coming out in early 2021. And I'll just say that uh, this, this is off, the next year is off to a bang, bang year too. Um, won't get into which ones, but there's three albums in particular that are already uh, high on my list for 2021. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us what they were. <laughs> oh no, I was going to. I was going to actually just uh, leave it to uh, leave it to everyone's oh, uh, no, imagination. I misunderstood. I thought you were talking about albums that uh, you were looking forward to that hadn't come out yet. Oh no, no, I'm just saying. I I got some promos for for a couple of things, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to uh, start my 2021 list because I I think that all three may find their way on there. But that's that's a story for another day. I think they've heard enough of us for 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 some time. Um, what are we doing next week, man? Because uh, we got to start the year off with a bang. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Um, I was going to uh, tell you last time we recorded, and. I guess I'm getting old because I just completely forgot what it was. <laughs> um, but I was, I was flipping through my, the, the Instagram page for, uh, for our podcast and, and we follow a whole bunch of bands. And I had noticed that um, one of the bands was celebrating an anniversary and it was a 20th anniversary of an album that, when I heard it was 20 years old made me feel even older than I already did when I forgot what it was. Um, it is within temptations, mother earth album. It was released in December of 2000 and it just uh, celebrated its 20th birthday. And I would uh, love to talk to you about it. You know, you're going to think I'm lying to you. That was going to be my next choice. <laughs> well, there you go. Now I have to go back to the drawing board. I literally had this queued up because I thought we would talk about it in the, in the not so distant future. And it was at the top of my list, uh, but you beat me to it. And now I have to go back and figure out something else. But I, I totally think that that's a, a worthwhile choice. I look forward to it. And uh, I look forward to all that 2021 has to bring. Well, it certainly can't be worse than 2020. So knock on wood, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's, fingers crossed, right, man? Uh, but on behalf of the uh, on behalf of the Metal Exchange, we will bring you um, Mother Earth next week. We hope all is well, and uh, you know, give us a shout out or a like if you like what you hear, and we'll uh, continue to bring new content each and every week. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, it was cool to hear your uh, your choices, kind of one at a time, and and really just get to be surprised with some of it. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Cause like we said, we haven't discussed this. So uh, it, it was, uh, it, it's nice to see and we'll, we'll publish the list for everyone so they can kind of uh, digest what they just heard and we'll, we'll go from there.